Welcome back to the Get a Q podcast. My name is Brandon Hall. I'm pleased to be joined today by Aaron Foley, a member of the Professional Development Committee with me for MassQ. Uh, Aaron is a digital literacy teacher at Hanover Middle School, teaching fifth through eighth grade. Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Brandon. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so we're going to talk today about digital escape rooms, uh, something that's uh, that's come into your teaching practice. Um, tell me a little bit, what is exactly, what is a digital escape room, first of all? A digital escape room is essentially a puzzle, um, and it appeals to students' gaming and um, just desire to achieve a goal. Um, it's something that can be both a blended learning experience as well as a completely digital learning experience. Essentially what it is, is students are given a hypothetical scenario and they have to um, you know, solve some sort of a puzzle or escape from some sort of hypothetical space and what they have to do is decipher a series of clues in order to escape. So when I do this in person, um, what I do is I'll give them a hypothetical situation such as, oh no, one of our servers has gone down and you know we're going to be losing student Google accounts and oh my goodness, we have to do something to render the situation so that every student doesn't lose their work. You know, I get all dramatic and, and, and into it. And, you know, the fifth graders love it. The eighth graders might roll their eyes a little bit. Um. <laughs> Let's be serious, though. Eighth graders roll their eyes at literally everything. So at literally everything. But then it's interesting because then they start getting into it. Um, and what I'll do is, you know, I'll I'll incorporate clues um, within the classroom, such as a QR code or maybe a hint on a poster or something written in UV ink. And what they'll have to do is they'll have to find that clue um, and then answer a prompt. And then that will bring them to another prompt. And again, they'll have to look for a clue, answer that prompt. And then eventually at the end, you know, there'll, there'll be some sort of little reward, whether it be actual or, or virtual. Um, you know, for example, when I did my beginning of the year digital escape room, um, I had students answering prompts, and then at the very end, they were able to find a cute little flash drive, which is, you know, it's funny because now that's um, technology that's a bit outdated, but they still got a kick out of it because they were cute little characters, um, you know, and, and, and that was actually the premise of the escape room was that, you know, we needed a, a backup device, you know, able to tie that in. And then, you know, the, the group of kids that ended up um, completing the escape first got their their cute little character flash drives. <laughs> nice, nice. So, so in in your classroom, it's not too dissimilar from the escape the room sort of format, uh, with the exception that it's all happening within your classroom. Yes. Um, so, how did the digital escape rooms come into your teaching practice? So what happened was um, a few years ago, I became a Google certified trainer. And um, one of the responsibilities of Google certified trainers is that they have to submit teaching resources, um, resources that other teachers would be able to use in their instruction. So um, I just happened to be browsing for some different materials. And I happened to come across a series of videos that explained how to create your very own digital escape room. 
this particular series of videos was all about online escape rooms, um, meaning that it wasn't a blended learning escape room, like I had described earlier with QR codes and UV messages. Um, it was it was all completely online. And I happened to stumble upon it during the summer when I had a bit more free time on my hands. So I worked through all of the tutorials and I ended up building my first escape room, which was um, sort of the beginning of the year escape room that I described. Um, and I used that as an introduction to my digital literacy class with my students in grades six through eight. Um, and so what I did was I used it to teach about some of the class expectations, different strategies that students could use to help themselves and help each other with classwork, um, as well as give an introduction to some of the concepts that they were going to be learning about um, during that term. And so pretty much from there, um, you know, I kind of ended up incorporating that more into my instruction because once I gave my students that initial taste of the escape room experience in the beginning of the school year they loved it and so I've been incorporating it ever since so you've been able to kind of take that physical escape room um, and the the breakout edu model and kind of blend them together and create this digital version where the kids are solving puzzles and um, using physical and virtual environments to kind of collect the answers and, and work collaboratively to solve a problem or um, to get the curriculum down. Is that, is that, do I have it basically there? Yes. Um, and while I've personally never used Breakout EDU, I've, I've read about it. I've, um, you know, spoken with colleagues through MassQ that have used it before. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with Breakout EDU, essentially what they are is they're, they're prepackaged escape rooms that you can purchase. Um, and they'll come with things like padlocks, UV lights, um, and all of the, you know, the fun tools to, to make a really great hands-on experience. Um, and because of the fact that I've been able to create my own for little to no cost, I've, I haven't personally gone and purchased one of these, but what I've done is I've taken what I've learned about Breakout EDU and used some low-cost tools in addition to the free G Suite tools um, to create my own um, escape room. So when you create the escape room, you're using the G Suite tools. What's sort of the base product that you, you focus in on? So the... Base would be Google Forms. Okay. Um, yes, because with Google Forms, that's how you're going to give students the prompts to be able to go on to the next level. So um, Google Forms allows the teacher to create the escape room using things like response validation. Um, essentially what response validation is is it requires students to get the correct answer before moving on to the next prompt. So much like you would have levels in a video game, you know, you can't get to level two until you've passed level one. You can't get to level three until you've passed level two. So, um, you know, giving that motivation that students experience anyway, you know, whether it be with gaming or with sports where they have to accomplish one goal before moving on to the next. Um, that's what the Google form response validation does. 
Um, so they have to get the correct answer before being able to move on. Another um, benefit of using Google Forms as the base for the escape room is that you can also direct students to different sections of the form. So let's just say, for example, that you have uh, multiple choice questions in your escape room. And if the students get the answer incorrect, it brings them to a screen that says, you tried and this code didn't work. Click back to try another code. Um, so you're able to direct students to different sections. And then likewise, if they get the correct answer, um, you can direct them to another section that says, hey, congratulations, or, you know, congratulations, now you have to solve this puzzle. So now with the, the forms, how many questions usually is, is your typical breakout? So I would say that I, I start with probably five questions would be, you know, sort of a, a basic breakout. I would say that, you know, anything fewer, it might be a little bit too easy, although depending on how difficult the, the questions are, you know, but I would, I would say that five um, is where I've sort of started. I've done, um, I've done five question escape rooms with my fifth and sixth graders, and they tend to really like it. Um, with my seventh and eighth, I've gone as much as 10 questions. Now, how long does, like, say, the five-question uh, form take to, for them to get through? Is it completely dependent upon the questions that are being asked, I'm assuming? It's, it is dependent on the questions that are being asked. You know, it's, it's probably also dependent on the students as well. Um, you know, for example, I did sort of a smaller version of my beginning of the year escape room with my fifth and sixth graders. And I would say that on average, it would take most of the class period for students to be able to, you know, to be able to go through the entire thing. So I would say like, you know, 40, 45 minutes. Then meanwhile, I had one group of sixth graders that got through it in 20 minutes and I was blown away. That was, you know less than half of what the previous groups had taken time-wise. <laughs> yeah, and that's exciting because it means they got the concept and they mastered it quickly. They, they worked together. Yes. They you know collaborated and they hit all the marks. That just because they got it done quickly doesn't mean they did a bad job with it. They, they have to hit the benchmarks before they can move on. So it just means they did a really great job with it. So that's, that's really cool. It's not like they just rushed through it because you can't just rush through. Yeah, you, you can't. You have to you have to find the clues. Um, you know, you have to you have to answer everything correctly. It's it's not like, you know, with a traditional classwork assignment where, you know, let's say you've got, you know, questions to answer and you know, they, they kind of write two or three words to answer each question. Oh, done. Here you go. And <laughs> that's not an option with an escape room. <laughs> yeah, now as as a teacher, how long does it take you to come up with one? So I would say that at the beginning, it took me a little while. Um, you know, I would say probably a couple of days of working on it, maybe two days during the summer to build my first one. And that's because I was completely inexperienced at it. So I had to learn all of the, you know, everything from scratch, essentially. Um, but now I'm able to build a simple one in probably 15 to 20 minutes. Um, when I say a simple one, I'm talking one that just uses the base of Google Forms. 
Um, I have ones that are more complicated that will include links to a jigsaw puzzle, for example, um, where I'd have to create the jigsaw puzzle. Um, you know, I've also made ones that include links to a Google Sheet that uses response validation or, I'm sorry, conditional formatting. Um, basically, what that does is you can give students questions to answer within the Google Sheet, and then if they type the correct answer, the cell where they type the correct answer will light up a certain color, and that could correspond with a color lock within the Google form. So if I were going to create something that incorporated multiple, you know, resources such as, you know, online jigsaw puzzle, um, Google Sheet. I have another one that has a Google drawing with a little viewfinder. Um, you know, it's very similar to using a UV light, but doing it virtually with a Google drawing and semi-transparent letters to, um, to, you know, that you can view using a little viewfinder. That's going to take a little bit longer. Um, I did create one for my students sort of during COVID times. Um, that I actually just released to them um, this past week. And that one took me probably about, I'd say, three to four hours to create. But that was one of those that incorporated multiple um, digital resources as opposed to just the Google form. Sure, sure. So now talk a little bit about you train teachers um, through MassQ and, and, and uh, through the MTA. Um, how would you teach teachers how to do this virtually? So I've actually taught teachers virtually um, prior to this conversation. Um, this past summer or winter, now I'm trying to remember when I did it, um, but recently, within the past year, um, I did teach um, a MassQ workshop. It was called Digital Escape Rooms for All Content Areas. And um, essentially what I did was I had some... Um, video tutorials that I used with the course participants. Um, and so what the course participants did is they watched the video tutorials and then we would have a live Q&A, um, you know, toward the end of the week. So essentially what would happen was I had some video tutorials, um, one for each of the four weeks of the course. Uh, the participants would view the videos, and then I think it was Thursday, you know, late afternoons, um, participants would meet in a live, either Zoom or Google Hangout. I forget exactly which, uh, which platform I was using at the time, but from there, um, they would be able to ask questions and share ideas. Um, and I found that that model worked um, pretty well. I think if I were to do it again, though, um, I would take advantage of the fact that um, that now, because of the pandemic, we have a lot better free resources digitally. For example, um, you know, now Google Hangouts on Air or, or Google um, or Google Meet on Air um, has extended the premium version of their software through, I think, through the end of the summer. Correct. Um, and so from that point, I think if I were to redo it now, I, I would do, you know, a live Q&A while simultaneously showing the concepts of what to do, you know, via a screen share. And then also, too, because the premium version is now free, 
um, you know, for any participants that weren't able to make that live hangout where I was, you know, live instructing on how to create these materials, you know, I'd be able to post it, say, in a Google Classroom um, so that participants who might not have been able to attend the live session would be able to look back on it. Yeah, and that's a, that's a great feature, too, with Meets. Um, so talk a little bit about uh, some of the other workshops that you've got coming up with MassQ. I know you've got a really cool one coming up this summer. Okay, so um, in June, I am going to be um, starting an online workshop called Organization Station, a one-stop shop for student and family communication. Um, essentially, what this is, is it focuses on Google Calendar, Google Sites, um, you know, a lot of the G Suite tools, but um, the overarching goal is to create sort of a one-stop shop for all of your um, communication in, you know, in the educator world. Um, so things like um, homework assignments, um, you know, parent communication, um, you know, after school activities. So um, the goal of that course is to create a Google site that has all of your resources embedded. So for example, um, if you have a Google Calendar with things like homework assignments, um, you know, permission slips, um, different school events, that's all going to be embedded onto that Google site. Likewise, if you have, you know, Google Classroom, again, you'll have that link embedded into this one site so that, you know, teachers don't have to go to, you know, Google Classroom to look at, you know, students and teachers don't have to go to Google Classroom to look at something, or parents don't have to go to, you know, the the um, summary of what their child's, um, you know, assignments are for the week. Um, it's, it's a one-stop shop. Um, I'm also going to be teaching a few more courses in July and August. Um, so in July, I'm going to be teaching um, a course about tech tools um, that are all free. Um, the name of the workshop is called Freemium Tech Tools to Meet Student Needs in All Areas. So um, the emphasis is on free, hence the freemium name. Um, you know, obviously with school digit, uh, school districts, um, you know, budgets not being um, set in stone and, and being, you know, a bit up in the air because of all of what's going on today, um, the focus is on free tools. So um, no need for teachers or districts to pay anything out of pocket. Um, this workshop is going to focus um, essentially on not just your stereotypical assistive technology out there, but just um, stuff that can help any student succeed. Things like speech to text um, and vice versa, ad blockers, annotation tools, graphic organizers, translators, um, interactive videos, um, note-taking tools um, that are all free and um, can be used by any student to help them um, to master the concepts in, you know, in pretty much any content area course. Um, and then in August, I am going to be one of the instructors for the summer Google Palooza for MassQ. Um, 
I have presented in person at the summer Google Paloozas um, in previous years. This year, we have moved it as a single day event, and it's going to be all virtual, all online. Um, and so I am going to be one of the, um, the many presenters for the summer Google Palooza. Um, and then finally, um, in August, I'm going to be doing a MassQ Summer Reading Book Club. And uh, this book club, essentially what it is, is it's a tiered approach um, for teachers to be able to get PDPs, to be able to get graduate credit. Um, and so essentially, um, you know, there's going to be a couple of different levels of what teachers will complete in order to be able to get, say, 15 PDPs or seven and a half PDPs or 15 PDPs plus a graduate credit. Um, the book that we're going to be covering is called Personal and Authentic, Designing Learning Experiences That Impact a Lifetime. That book is by um, Thomas C. Murray, and he is going to be joining us um, for a live Q&A and discussion session. Um, the exact date of that is still TBD, um, but that's something that I'm really looking forward to as well. Yeah, that's really cool. It's great when you can do a book group and have the actual author participate. That's that's really powerful. And because it's going to be online, it's it's that much easier. Um, so, Aaron, where can people find you online? So I can be found on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at Aaron Foley EdTech. And I also have my own personal website, AaronDFoley.com. Um, my website does have um, lots of different resources that I've created for MassQ trainings in the past, as well as some school closure resources that I've provided to teachers in my district to help them with remote learning. And can people find examples of your escape rooms on there too? Um, I don't recall if I have one on there now. I might, but you know what? I do have a sample one that I've shared with my participants in my previous MassQ course, um, the one that was about digital escape rooms in all content areas. So if I don't have it up there now, um, I'm, I'm going to log on today and I'll add a link to that sample escape room that I had shared with my course participants. Awesome. So much. That's, that's so great. Uh, thank you so much, Aaron Foley. Aaron, uh, again, is a digital literacy teacher at Hanover Middle School. Uh, and the, we, we, my, myself in the talk that we had before the call and during the call learned so much about digital escape rooms. I can't wait to go make my first one right now. Uh, Aaron, thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and subscribe on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, anchor, and anywhere podcasts can be found. This is the get a Q podcast from mass Q, here to educate, connect, and inspire.